Are you happy with your antiperspirant? And are you happy with your antiperspirant? And if you're already using a natural deodorant, are you happy with it? Rain Organica. Rain Organica is now accepting pre-orders for our Sands Vegan All-Natural Deodorant. What makes Sands different from all the other deodorants out there? Well, it doesn't use baking soda and it doesn't use magnesium hydroxide. Oftentimes companies rely on these products or excuse me, on these ingredients for as part of the way that the deodorant protects you from odors. Both baking soda and those hydroxide ingredients raise the pH under your arms. And the problem is, for those of us who are extremely sensitive to this condition, and the problem is that for those of us who are extremely sensitive, we can't tolerate either those hydroxide ingredients or the baking soda ingredients. And that's where SANS comes in. SANS doesn't use any ingredients that alter the pH under your arm. Instead, it relies on three techniques to protect you from odors. And those are using wetness absorbing ingredients, such as organic arrowroot powder and organic tapioca starch. Also using antimicrobial botanical oils. Rain Organica likes to avoid coconut oil just for anybody out there with coconut allergies. So instead you'll find argan oil and olive oil. Of course, both of those are organic. They're also naturally antimicrobial. And the third way that Sands helps, helps keep those odors at bay is by using essential oils. And for the deodorant especially, you'll find blends of antimicrobial essential oils. Right now, you can pick up lavender, and this is made with organic Bulgarian lavender, a very true-to-smell lavender. Oftentimes, lavender essential oils can be a bit medicinal, and this one is not. It's It sways much more towards that pure lavender smell. And the second option is a seasonal dirty chai essential oil blend with organic coriander, cypress, litsi cubeba, and capaiba balsam to impart the antimicrobial properties into this essential oil blend. And of course, with it being dirty chai, sweet marjoram, cardamom, and coffee absolute add the final touches to this robust blend. Pre-order your Sands Vegan Deodorant today over at rainorganica.com. Over at rainorganica.com, pre-orders are accepted through October 13th and will begin shipping October 20th. And now let's get into today's episode. Have you ever wondered what's the difference between green, white, black, puer, oolong, and herbal teas? 
I mean, aside from their caffeine differences, of course. I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with Maria Uspensky, founder of The Tea Spot and author of Cancer Hates Tea, for an incredible conversation on the health benefits of tea and also what distinguishes between all of these tea categories. Maria believes tea is a powerful and therapeutic elixir for the body, mind, and soul. And the Tea Spot infuses goodness into the world through their 10% for Wellness Pledge. The company is a certified B Corp and also a Colorado-based public benefit corporation and has donated more than 10 million cups of tea since their launch. Maria also was key in designing and developing the Tea Spot's incredible steepware tumblers, and these allow you to, to steep the most delicious loose leaf tea in a tumbler and keep it warm for hours. I would even go so far as to say a day. I am so, you'll hear me wise poetic about these tumblers a couple of times throughout today's episode. And I seriously, hands down, this is one of the best purchases I have ever made. I got my first tumbler from the tea spot, purchased my first tumbler in the middle of COVID back in 2020. And it has been something I use every single day. So grab a cup of hot tea or iced tea yourself and join us for this conversation. Welcome to The Alchemy of Things, a podcast diving deep into topics like skincare, holistic living, and the energy that connects us all. I'm your host, Brandi Searcy, founder and formulator of Rain Organica, where you'll find skincare you can take with you anywhere. Today, I'm joined by Maria Uspensky, the founder of The Tea Spot, my favorite tea company in all the land. I've been a devoted follower of the T-Spot. I feel like I'm not even sure when they came on my radar, but probably at least 10 years now. And I'm just delighted to have Maria here today to share her story. Welcome, Maria. Well, Brandy, I have to start by saying you've just so totally made my day. You know, work, obviously work is work. <laughs> work can be hard. And for the last year and a half, work has been extraordinarily hard. And to hear that there are people who appreciate what we're doing and to know that we could be making a difference in people's lives makes it all worthwhile. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for making incredible tea. I wanted to talk with you to begin with about how you got started. Yes, so I did get started, as I believe you know, um, and it's spoken about in my book, Cancer Hates Tea. I got started in the tea business, one might say completely by accident. So my background really is in technology, and that's what my first company was in. And when my daughters were in middle school, I sold that company because I thought that they needed me to focus more on them, which perhaps they did. Um, but I, things just changed very rapidly in the course of a few years, as, as they often can in 
life. Both of my parents passed away, my dad from heart disease, and then my mom and I, two years later, came down with ovarian cancer, and she passed from it, and I did not. But at that point already, as I mentioned, I had two daughters, and I'm thinking, wow, I never would have had daughters if I'd thought that there was some, even the slightest chance of passing this kind of monstrous potential experience onto them, liability. And I just wanted to pour everything I had. I was already 40, probably 40 plus, and just wanted to do something to help people find health in a very natural and holistic kind of way or improved health. Obviously, tea is not a panacea. It's not going to cure or prevent any disease, but it does improve our chances of keeping disease at bay, and something that could be, of course, of great interest to your listeners, it's also a very uh, valid and potent component of a natural skincare routine. So we can talk more about that later, but then starting the business, it was literally, I just woke up one day and thought, that's it. I'm having difficulty sourcing the healthiest type of teas that I think I need in order to maintain my health after I'd gotten better. And as a mechanical engineer by background, I thought, well, and we need an easier way to steep this stuff. The reason that people aren't steeping fresh whole leaf tea in the US is because it's a complete pain in the rear. And it's not practical. We're busy, we're on the go. You know, we could be single moms or running podcasts or running companies and taking time out as important as it is and as healthful as the whole ceremony is to have that loose leaf tea experience, there's a lot of us who oftentimes are not going to do that. So that's when I started the tea spot in 2004 in July, so now 17 years ago. And uh, it's been really a, quite a joyous ride ever since then. You know, like I said at the start, work is work and there are more challenging times than others. And clearly the past year and a half have just been a roller coaster ride like none of us have ever been on who are in business. But it's still it's still a very joyous endeavor every day. Well, that is okay. First of all, that is insane. I cannot believe that both you and your mom were diagnosed with ovarian cancer at the same time. I think a lot of it had to do with the shock of, uh, it was two years after my dad passed. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's interesting how, you know, stress relief is obviously something that we all need to take more seriously, but, you know, kind of chronic grief. And my mother was a complete rock. You know, you never, she, she carried everything very elegantly, but of course her body was, was probably taking it out on itself on herself yeah it not to dwell on this too much but I find it so interesting that you bring this up because I mean this really is one of the things it it feels like like I think I think you're right it was probably how his loss manifests itself with both of you it's just so interesting that it would hit you both in the same way True. And we're 35 years apart. Yeah, that is interesting. Of course, we do have a big genetic link. Um, It is interesting. Yeah. And it actually hit me a little bit sooner than it hit her. Okay. 
yes, but we're always wearing teal, as you can yeah. see, <laughs> and uh, working to kind of promote wellness, which of course includes wellness against cancer. But you know, therapies have come such a long way. And I have a lot of hope that in the future, even a lot of the work that has been done, for instance, on mRNA technology with respect to COVID vaccines, a lot of that, all of that kind of metabolite level, DNA, mRNA level uh, manipulation is going to be, that is actually going to help propel cancer research tremendously. And a lot of those same technologies are, will be very applicable to lots of different cancers. Yeah which isn't to say that we shouldn't continue to take great care of ourselves or the best care that we possibly can every day. But yes, right. I think it, it will definitely make a huge jump in the next five years. So when did you actually start giving to charities? Because that's one of the things I love about the T-Spot, not to totally switch gears here, but the fact that you guys are a B Corp. And I mean, beyond that, you're also recognized in Colorado as, as a giving corporation. Yes. Yeah, so we are actually one of the, and I don't even know how many B Corps there are now or how many there are in Colorado. We became a B Corp. We were, one, we were the 12th B Corp in Colorado. I'm sure wow. there are hundreds of them now. So over a decade ago, to answer your question, we have been a for-profit philanthropic company from the start in terms of, uh, how to put it, in terms of making it official and making a lot of our employee benefits and things official. A lot of that actually was as a result of B Corp and B Labs. And I loved the way that they allowed us to really uh, you know, not just say, we're donating, you know, we're doing this, these people need tea, it's a cancer wellness center, or these are families of people who are going through cancer, we donate. And it used to be that we donated a, a larger fraction of our overall sales, we used to donate 10% of all sales. And that was that was huge. Now we donate 10% of all profits because we are larger and we are able to make a bigger impact with 10% of all profits and with more people working with us, you know, we, we need to kind of thread that needle a little, a little more carefully and ensure that we always do stay profitable, but essentially kind of qualifying the donations was first and then quantifying them came later. And for about that first decade plus, we were 10% of all sales. And then for the last few years, we've been 10% of all profits for wellness. And this year, I think it's probably the 13th year in a row that we were just recognized as best of the best amongst B Corps for our community endeavors. So that means an awful lot to me. It was, uh, it's, Every year, as I said, is more and more challenging, kind of the more employees you have, the more infrastructure you have to maintain that very, you know, liquid kind of profitable business. And it's interesting, people think, oh, you know, you're so much bigger, it must be so much easier to run your business now. It really isn't, because a mistake 
can be a lot more hurtful when you have a lot at stake than when you have less at stake. So recovering from errors uh, is a lot different in a three-person company than it is in a 40-person company. So it's, as I said, it's, it's a joyous ride, but it's definitely continues to be a, a real uh, adventure ride for us. And the donation piece of it is very important. We do have a big announcement that's going to come in a couple of months, and it's still too early for me to be able to speak about it. But we're essentially broadening. Uh, we're going to be broadening the way that we can do our donations. And that too is a result of our growth and where we are in the state of our company. And we just need to ensure that we have as much impact with our wellness donations as we possibly can. That's, that's our primary focus. And as a B Corp, that is written into our bylaws. And it is definitely one of our pillars. So wellness, both internally and externally. So our employees need to stay well. They need to drink tea. They need to exercise. They need to take time off. And we try to ensure that we can promote wellness outside the company, obviously by offering the most healthful teas that we can source and that we can blend to our customers uh, through education about those teas and wellness and herbs, of course, and with our donations. So yeah, we try to hit it from all sides. Well, that's okay. I'm just loving the tea spot even more. <laughs> I, I've got to say, we're only two questions in and I'm already like, I was head over heels before. Um, that's, that's incredible. So as part of your giving, are you guys giving mostly monetary? Is it mostly tea that you're giving um, to support people undergoing cancer treatment? What does it look that's like? An excellent question. So we have been doing our our donations mostly in kind. So with tea and steepware. And then we are, now that we're doing 10% of profits, we're moving more towards cash donations. So donations that we can make to places where we know that they will have a direct impact on people's wellness. Okay. Moving back over into this conversation around tea. So as, so, just reading through the Tea Spots website, I know that you highly value loose leaf tea. So I was just wondering if you can share a little bit more about your inspiration. Um, it's something that you've already covered on making it, making it part of the day for everybody, like making it obtainable for everybody um, in, in that initial conversation. And was that really the driver for you as well is just something that was easier for you to incorporate into your daily life? No, that, that's an excellent question. And it's, it's odd because I was already, you know, way into adulthood. Um, I'd been brought up with whole leaf tea because I grew up in a Russian family, but it was always black tea. And that's just how my family made it. But I didn't directly know or ever contemplate the difference in health benefit between let's say a tea bag that's containing dust and fannings as they call them. Those are actually the names of the two lowest grades of tea versus a whole leaf tea. And there's a huge difference. I often tell people when I'm doing a tea health talk, 
when you go to the grocery store, take a look at your, your bunch of spinach or your bunch of lettuce. Would you rather be eating that or the little crumbs that fall off of it that are just, you know, laying around? And that's essentially the difference between a whole leaf tea and what is found in a lot of prepackaged tea bags. Uh, the quality is very different. Um, one of the main differences is that whole leaf tea is typically, it's of course very premium and it only makes up about 5% of the tea that is produced in the world, but it is hand harvested. So that's A, the biggest difference is that whole leaf tea is cultivated so as to make the whole leaf essentially precious and of a high quality. And when you go through the, you know, having the terroir and the plants and the care and the tradition to make an excellent tea leaf, you generally don't come through and hatchet it down with a machine. You go through and you hand pluck all those large leaves and then you hand process them. And it is not only because it's a full leaf that it's healthier, but those teas are fresher. So in our company, we never have a tea that is more than a year old just because we go through tea very quickly, but also because it's important to us. That is the most healthful tea. With black teas, it's teas that are fully oxidized, that are have been completely oxidized and are dark. A lot of those even get better with age, but I'm talking specifically about green and white teas and oolong teas. Those are teas that have an appreciably higher concentration of polyphenol antioxidants when they're fresher. And so it is, it kind of goes hand in hand when a tea is full leaf and not just the crushed dust that's in a tea bag. You wouldn't crush one up like that just for kicks because it would be hard to demand the kind of price that that tea would, would require in order to continue its cultivation. Um, but the things that are in um, tea bags generally are machine processed teas. And those are less dependent on the season. They are harvested kind of year round you know, through the whole growing season, let's say from spring through fall. Whereas premium teas, many premium teas, you know precisely which season you're buying. They all have a story. They all have a different flavor. They all have slightly different benefits. They've all been produced a little differently. So that whole quality story is something that goes into making a more healthful beverage. And at the tea spot, I think the most important thing for us is we're not pushing the health benefit of the tea necessarily. Our whole strategy is to make teas that are so delicious and to put the most healthful and delicious teas out there so that people will literally be seduced into drinking them daily. And as you'd mentioned, Brandy, it's that daily consumption which is what makes a good tea habit stick, right? I can't um, smoke cigarettes, eat burgers, hang out in the sun with the no sunscreen for the week, and then drink five gallons of green tea on a Saturday and decide that I've just rejuvenated myself. I need to take care of myself every day and 
drink, let's say one seventh of the tea that I was going to gulp on that one weekend day, that will have a much larger effect on your overall health when you're doing it steadily, daily and throughout the day. And I love that. The whole idea of consistency and small steps. And yes, I agree with that 100%. And of course your tea is so phenomenal that you want to drink it daily. Thanks. Um, you were talking about the green tea, the white, the oolong, the black tea. Can you just, and you've already mentioned the polyphenol content of the green and the white. Could you elaborate a little more yeah. on the difference? What, first of all, what makes them different? And then if there are any particular compounds, um, aside from those polyphenols that would make one maybe, I hate to say better, but Sure. No, they have different applications. No question. Yeah. So how they're different is all tea comes from the same plant, the same species of plant called Camellia sinensis. And it's actually a relative of the Camellia plant, as you can guess from the name. And the freshest tea is, or the, the, the least processed tea, let's say, is green tea and white tea, because that is literally white tea. You pluck the leaf off the tree and you let it dry and that's your tea. Green tea, you pluck it, you um, go through a step called kill green, which just means that you're stopping the oxidation. Um, you heat it up and you manipulate it a bit. It gets a little brighter and green as you work it and you have a finished tea product by the end of the day. Black tea, you pick from the tree. And as you can imagine, we all know that leaves are on the greenish side. And so are, of course, uh, tea leaves. And as you take them off the tree and you leave them exposed to the sun or to oxidize, they turn browner and blacker as time goes on as any other kind of plant product would. And so black tea is processed and left out to oxidize until it turns completely black. So it is 80 plus percent oxidized. Green and whites are less than 20% oxidized. And oolong teas are the mid range. They're like 20 to 80% oxidized. So they have the widest variety and they have kind of the widest variety of processing methods as well. Those are definitely the connoisseur teas. Um, for one, because they cost a lot because they're so kind of intensively processed. I had the pleasure of being with our Eight Immortals Oolong producer a few seasons ago when they were making the first spring crop. And it was, it was ridiculously intensive. It was like having multiple new babies in a household at the same time. They pluck the tea leaves early in the morning. They start processing them. And then for like 72 hours, you're up every three hours, kind of fluffing them, manipulating them some more. And, you know, the only thing I can kind of compare it to literally is having a new baby in the house. And, but that's for 40 days, that's what they do. And this, this long producer, uh, Master Huang, who we, we absolutely adore his tea and his variety of teas, it's like walking into a perfume shop. And these are all natural aromatic essential oils that come from those leaves. So getting back to those uh, compounds. So if we look at green and white tea that are the closest thing to a fresh tea leaf, 
they are highest in those catechin polyphenol antioxidants, which have, uh, which include that star player EGCG, epigallocatechin gallate, which is the big kind of, the kind of the most potent of the antioxidants. They're highest in that one. Any kind of two gram serving of tea, be that green, white, oolong, or black, has about 240 milligrams total yields of uh, polyphenols. But there are different types of polyphenols. So as the leaf oxidizes more, it builds up more in theoflavins, theorubigans, and these are darker molecules that actually what we know of as the classic tea flavor, something that you might associate with like a Lipton or, you know, a black classic black tea, you don't taste that in a green tea. Green tea is kind of more, more fresh, more grassy, or more vegetal. Uh, but that kind of tea aroma comes from theoflavin and theorubigans. And then we have a very favorite category of um, aged and fermented black teas, which are even further off the chart. So you take a black tea and then that thing is not completely dried out and continues to oxidize and ferment with time. Those are called puer teas and they have outstanding uh, digestive qualities that people are now really starting to embrace. We include them in many of our breakfast teas, but I do wanna go back to um, the antioxidants are what people seek out in tea and specifically for skincare. So some of the things that antioxidants are known to be able to help with is for instance, to prevent inflammation, right? So that's important if you're trying to uh, not promote a disease like cancer in your body. It's also very important if you're trying to keep your skin young, because what does inflammation do? Inflammation kills the lipid quality of our cells. And what the antioxidants in tea allow us to do is to prevent that from happening naturally. So our skin aging is both environmental and natural. So the natural side of it, tea can help with and the environmental side of it, so the photoprotective properties of antioxidants are also very interesting. So same as with what tea can do for heart health and cognitive health, you know, dental health, weight management, et cetera, um, in terms of skincare, it can actually help with environmental factors as well. So UV is what's known as a complete carcinogen, right? It can both, uh, it can both start tumors and promote the growth of a tumor. And it's also like smoking, just so very easily managed, right? We don't need to have UV protection. Most of us can avoid it, just like most of us or anyone can avoid smoking. Uh, but here's an environmental effect that has such a adverse effect on skin aging. And tea is used both topically and internally. So green and white tea are what are sought out for primarily for skincare products, the extracts from those. And it is specifically for that kind of, um, you know, potential photoprotective kind of quality which in combination with other factors um, can lead to some very effective 
natural skin protection. So the I think the only thing we didn't talk about in that conversation is matcha. Oh, well, matcha is certainly a green tea. It's a powdered green tea. Uh, yeah, and I think I skipped a question or two earlier. Matcha is how I started with my, let's say, quote unquote, healthful tea habit. Okay. Because okay. it is definitely more loaded. I didn't love green tea when I started drinking it for health reasons. And it was probably because I was steeping it incorrectly and because I was sourcing not the best green teas. I was trying to be very cost conscious and um, yet consume a good amount of it. And I thought, well, I'm really not digging this too much. Let's just take that half teaspoon of matcha, whisk it up and be done with it. And I did, I drank my matcha like medicine for quite a few years. And then of course I learned more about Japanese tea ceremony and how to make matcha better and with cooler water um, or adding it to a latte or adding a little cocoa to it or whatever that made it just so much more delicious. Um, but matcha is simply a powdered green tea and it is very high in vitamin C and polyphenol and antioxidants. Gram for gram, it's got about two to three times as much as leaf green tea. And it makes sense because when you're drinking matcha, there's no leaf that's left either in the tea sachet or in your infuser after you're done, right? You're consuming the whole leaf. So nothing goes to waste when you're drinking matcha. And it's a huge favorite of ours. And uh, definitely for someone who's looking for a quick natural skin hack, adding a half teaspoon of matcha to your routine every day is the quickest and easiest way. And like I said, it's not the prettiest story, but when I was drinking tea like medicine, I was woofing down, you know, just a bowl of matcha in the morning. And then I knew I had it and, and that, that was good. And if I had any more tea in the day, I was happy. And, you know, if I didn't, uh, all right, I already had my matcha in the morning. I took care of that. In my book, I do promote and um, five cups of tea a day, but those are like six ounce cups. So like 30 ounces of tea per day. And the way we make tea is generally with about two grams of tea per eight ounce serving. Uh, matcha is less. So a serving of matcha is about half a teaspoon. So it's, it's definitely, it's a process. It seems sometimes more intimidating than it really should be. My recommendation for how people can find a tea that they love is, you know, go to a tea shop and try some before you start investing and buying a bunch of teas yourself. Find something that you love and then buy teas of that variety. Try them at different temperatures with different ratios of tea leaves to water. Try cold brewing. If it's green and white tea, you're not compromising at all on the health benefits of the tea by cold brewing it. And that's I love using our steepware for that type of thing. So just, you know, having a big tumbler and with the infuser inside and cold water, you won't, you won't make your green tea bitter, which is how I goofed up largely in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a process. It's fun. It's a very healthy source of hydration. People had been concerned even when I started the tea spot, probably for the first 10 years, we were under the same impression as most others were uh, that tea was actually 
not hydrating because it contained caffeine. And still many people say, oh, I need to, I, you know, that doesn't count towards my hydration index for the day, but that's actually inaccurate. Tea is slightly super hydrating. So equivalent volumes of tea and water, the tea will hydrate you slightly better. And that is because of these hundreds of phytochemicals, beneficial molecules that are in there. And going back to other things that are helpful other than the polyphenol antioxidants, which is what it's probably most known for, is of course people love tea for its caffeine, but the complementary molecule to caffeine that's in tea is called L-theanine. It's an amino acid that's unique to tea. And when it's present with caffeine, it mitigates the effect of the caffeine to where you get the same uh, total, total energy boost from caffeine as you would from an equal number of milligrams in a beverage that doesn't contain L-theanine, except that it will be at a lower level for a much prolonged period of time. So whereas when people need a nice quick shot of energy, they might have a Coca-Cola or a chocolate bar or a shot of espresso, that's gonna kind of bring them up to a peak, but then it'll be gone a few minutes later. If you're looking for kind of an endurance level of caffeine that won't give you jitters, that will still allow you to focus calmly, like what the monks were doing, drink green or white tea. And it will give you a caffeine boost, um, not nearly as much as you would get from coffee. Green tea is about, per serving, one-fifth as much caffeine as you get in coffee. Black tea is about one-half. But you will feel the energetic effects of the tea beverage over a much longer period of time, like two to three hours. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because that is, I think that just harkens back to, it's always better to get something in a whole foods way with everything because with the tea, you're getting both the L-theanine and also the caffeine, as you mentioned, then to try to isolate mm -hmm. individual compounds. Um, so speaking of the caffeine levels, because I myself don't, tolerate caffeine very well. Despite that, I am a seasonal addict to your jasmine uh, green petals and just mm -hmm. go through the caffeine withdrawals normally when I, when, you know, when winter ends or when summer begins in earnest. So I'm doing this yearly. Most of the other times of the year, I just enjoy one of your, uh, either one of your decaffeinated teas or one of your herbal teas. So I was wondering, with that, if you can just talk about the decaffeination practices that you use at the tea spot, and then it definitely sounds like regardless of whether the caffeine is there or not, we're still getting, I mean, there are so many other compounds in the tea itself that are beneficial to health. Yes, and that, that's probably what I should lead with is by saying that the decaffeination process, so the water steam water decaffeination process only takes away about 3% of the polyphenol antioxidants in the tea, um, at, while it takes away 97 to 98% of the caffeine. So that's, that's a good thing. It doesn't really affect the polyphenols. Um, but yes, I was really anti doing any kind of a decaffeinated tea for a long time until we came across this very naturally 
decaffeinated organic green tea that uses steam. So essentially it kind of quick steeps the tea at a very high temperature under high pressure to where what is coming out of that tea is, um, how to put it, where you can, at the very highest temperatures, the caffeine is coming out and the other molecules that we're looking for are not. And so then it has this kind of concentrated leaf. It doesn't taste as good as a non-decaffeinated green tea, but it doesn't taste horrible. And we don't sell it straight. We actually use it in our decaf lemon ginger tea. And at that point, you really can't tell with the lemony and ginger components that are in there. Um, but it's it does its kind of purpose with respect to being able to honor those people that can't either tolerate caffeine at all, or like myself who don't wanna consume caffeine after about 4 p.m., but still may want to have another, one more green tea beverage in the day. Um, so that's, that's our decaffeination process. And of course we have a whole host of herbal teas that are not tea per se, which that's what I've been working on personally hardest over the last two years is really coming up with adaptogenic blends. And I've really started to embrace adaptogens. Obviously, anti-stress has been something that has been a huge topic and a growing topic. And needless to say, aging is something that's near and dear to my heart and kind of women's teas. We've come out recently with a line of three women's teas, one for um, PMS tea, one for uh, women's wisdom is for menopause tea, and then mamahood for women who are lactating. And so we worked for a long time researching those, getting the right kind of blends in terms of proportions so that the blends would be both functional and delicious. And those just came out about a month ago. Uh, we also have other adaptogenic teas like our turmeric tonic chai and adaptogenic chai, which uh, adaptogenic teas tend to lend themselves better to kind of spicier chai-like flavors because a lot of the herbs and roots and kind of stems and plants that are in there can be spicier. They can be, they're not as gentle tasting, let's say as tea. So it's easier to whip them into kind of a spicier, more forward um, tasting kind of blend. But those have been really our focus in terms of extending our portfolio, let's say of health benefits, right? So Camellia sinensis was our one and only for a long time. And now the kind of research into the new herbs and particularly into adaptogens is something that's really consumed us for the last couple of years. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so do all of your herbal teas specific, so I'm specifically thinking of the ones because I, I know quite a few of your blends contain hibiscus petals. And I think in a number of those, um, what benefits are they offering? Is it still some of that stress-reducing compounds that are found in the adaptogenic blends or is it something separate unto themselves? So hibiscus is sought out primarily. So it's got certainly multiple health benefits and that is an herb or a flower that has been consumed for thousands of years like tea. But the primary benefit for which people seek out hibiscus is for its kind of blood tonifying, detoxifying, and blood sugar 
management properties. So people who have either um, high blood sugar or high blood pressure definitely like to have a hibiscus tea once a day in order to try to help naturally regulate that. And another benefit, and the reason that we have it in our PMS tea is it's actually, it's a good anti-cramping because so for cramp pain, um, hibiscus is helpful. So digestive pain. And yes, I also love making it in the summer because it's easy to make a really tasty mocktail with a hibiscus base. It's just got such a unique tart, kind of easy to embrace flavor. And of course the color is second to none. So that's always fun to add to, you know, a beverage that's also helpful for kids. And um, yeah, hibiscus is definitely a, a strong member of our family. Yeah, and we love our hibiscus source. And then one more question. This is coming back over to your yeah. steepware. So yes, your steepware is amazing. I got your Everest thermos sometime in 2020 after the pandemic hit. And oh my goodness, it is seriously hands down one of the best purchases I have ever made. And no, I am not an affiliate or in any way get any money from the T-Spot. It's just amazing. So as an MIT mechanical engineer, can you talk about some of your development and design for, the, for your steepwear? It's so low tech, it's silly. Um, but coming at it from a perspective of innovation and certainly quality is something I think that is instilled pretty hard in people at MIT. Um, it's, yeah, I love trying to continue. I'm working on a new product right now. I was obsessed with it. I'm, I'm on vacation, but I thought about it half the night and all morning. So we have a new cold brew sport bottle that came out this summer we continue to try to push the envelope forward and that uses a very sustainable BPA-free plastic that's made from recycled plastic. So it's a, you know, it's the cleanest plastic that we can source and it's sustainable, it's reused. So that part to me is really important. Trying to make that I approach my development is by trying to make the tea experience easy at any point in the day. So whether you're waking up in the morning and making a mug for yourself and, and someone else, uh, perhaps, or if you're getting up in the morning and you're going to need to get in the car on your bike or on the road and need to be able to take your tea hot or cold, we want to make it easy for people to always be able to have, again, that freshest, just prepared um, serving of tea, because that too is important, kind of circling all the way back to the beginning. Uh, the benefits that you'd get when we say 240 milligrams of polyphenol antioxidants in a serving of tea, that's only if you get a fresh loose leaf tea and steep it yourself. If you're going to go buy a bottled tea at the service station, it's going to have trace elements of the benefits you're looking for. It may be screaming green tea and health in its marketing and its label, but in terms of what's actually inside, it's probably sugar and preservatives are way outweighing any kind of healthful compounds that you're going to find. So thank you. But yeah, the, the steepware and like later this year, we're coming out with some fabulous teapots, right? So now that we're able to get back together in groups, I'm thinking how better to celebrate that 
than to be able to have tea with a close friend or with a circle of four close friends. And so therefore, you know, I, we worked hard to get kind of the best teapot we could come up with. And that's going to be available um, in Q4 of this year. So it just continues to evolve. Um, as Americans, we're very much on the go. So kind of like your Everest, the continued evolution of the travel tumbler is going to be important that can accommodate those higher quality teas. And yeah, we'll see where it takes us next. Well, Maria, thank you so much for your time today. This has been so great. I'm so glad that I had the chance to sit down with you. Me as well. Yeah, thank you, Brandy. I was so thrilled to have the opportunity to sit down with Maria. And in fact, I overlooked the fact that I didn't give her an opportunity to share how to connect with the T-Spot. So I wanted to take a minute and do that. You can find the T-Spot at theteaspot.com. They're also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, at the T-Spot. And in addition to that, through the end of September, the Alchemy of Things listeners can take advantage of a, spe a special coupon for 20% off your order over at the T-Spot using the coupon code Alchemy 20. And just in case you can't decide which teas to try first, my favorites are Jasmine Petals for the green tea. Seriously, the best Jasmine green tea I've ever had. Meditative Mind for the white tea. And Coconut Crush Chai for the herbal tea although you can't go wrong with blood orange smoothie either. When you try out one of their teas, hit me up on Instagram or send a quick email over to hey at rainorganica.com. Hey is an H-E-Y at rainorganica.com. And let me know which one you tried and whether you love it. On the next episode of The Alchemy of Things, we're talking about how to find space for meaning and wellness in your everyday life. I had the opportunity to sit down with Sarah Lopes, who is such a believer in the concept of living every day with intention that she turned that idea into a business, the Safari Collective. Join me next time for that conversation where we talk all about how Sarah brings intention into the everyday, elevating simple routines into beautiful rituals. Did you enjoy this episode? Do you know someone who might love listening to this episode? Go ahead and take a quick second and hit that share button and send this over to a friend or family member who might like to listen. And if you're listening on iTunes, please take a quick second just to leave a review. It means so much to me and helps get the word out there and helps the podcast spread. Thank you in advance for taking the time to do that. Until next time, bye.